it's Tuesday, the 30th of January. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, and you know I love the players, and you love the game. <laughs> Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday, we march down deep into the jewel-encrusted depths of the news mines, pickaxes on our shoulders, singing a cheerful song. There's Sleepy, the Daily Telegraph, Bashful, the Eye Paper, Happy, the Daily Star, Grumpy, oh dear, that's the Daily Mail, and Dopey, the Daily Express. Hi-ho! We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Don't blame me. Could Taylor Swift swing the US presidential election? I did something bad, Enoch. Gruesome twosome, Kemi Badenoch and Michael Gove are in a secret WhatsApp together. And out of the woods. American boffins think they've rumbled the truth about Bigfoot. It's a bear. It's a chuffing bear. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where I had to spend my entire weekend watching all of the traitors because Gronya made me. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It was wonderful. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, and with me today is writer and 10-minute version of All Too Well fan, Rebecca Reed. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, thank you for having me on Taylor Swift Day. <laughs> it is Taylor Swift Day. And also joining us on Taylor Swift Day is comedian and champagne problem, Gronya Maguire. It's actually really hard to be me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Taylor aside, just temporarily, what do we have on the front pages today, Rebecca? So, returning not-really hero, David Cameron, has warned that the UK is facing the biggest threat since the Cold War, mm. um, and basically as a result of the general instability that people might be aware of, uh, Russia, Ukraine, Middle East, generally speaking, and now more so in Iran, things aren't looking so hot. Mm. Um, on the front page of The Guardian, we've got a bit of uh, workplace gossip, my favourite. Um, Badenoch and Gove in a uh, WhatsApp group called Evil Plotters. That's subtle. Yeah. And also what I love about that is you know that some Tory who set that up thought it was so funny and mm. so clever <laughs> and is still laughing about it today. Uh, but basically, while Kemi Badnock has said that we should not try and overthrow Rishi, she is apparently in this WhatsApp group. And I'm going to say if it's called Evil Plotters, I think we know what they might be doing in that group. But yeah, basically they are apparently in that group talking about whether there is space for stirring up a bit of trouble, potentially, maybe even calling for another leadership election. Please, 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 God, no. <laughs> um, on the front page of The Times, we have got dissidents in Britain warned of Iran threat. Right. Cheerful. Very much the same story as the eye, not looking great in terms of peace or uh, yeah. general stability. And Charles and Kate thank medics as they leave hospital. So both Charles and Kate have come out of hospital, which is obviously great news. And apparently both said to be making good progress following their respective surgeries. On the front page of The Telegraph, we've got farmers lay siege to Paris with vow to cut off food. So um, this is the ongoing strikes in response to the sort of cost of living crisis, which is affecting farming. It's quite unusual as a lead story on The Telegraph to do a story about France. I mean, when it doesn't really affect Britain at this point. Is it just that they've all got second homes? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because Brexit went so well, they want to remind us that it was a great idea. Oh. Really, everything's really playing out nicely. Yes, that could be it. And Gronio, what have we got on the tabloids? So the tabloids, um, the Daily Mirror is leading with the Royals. Headline, Royals recuperate, home to recover. And there's a lovely picture of of Prince Charles. I refuse to affirm <laughs> as anything else. <laughs> Dignify it. I don't recognise it. 
Prince Charles waving a King and Kate both out of hospital after ops. And then this, it's strange, like there's a picture of Kate, but it's an old picture in a little circle. And it kind of looks like she's like the moon or <laughs> <laughs> it looks a bit like she's the baby in um, Teletubbies. Teletubbies. Yes, she yes, recently does. had her own baby. Who, that really? baby from Teletubbies had her own baby oh a couple months ago. God. I hate the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate is just smiling down on all of us there. Um, so to signify, she's obviously, we assume, doing well. Uh, then the son, they are coming with, an, oh my God, a really shocking story. A footballer went out and had a few drinks. What? <laughs> Guys, How I'm sh- dare he? Listen, I'm as shocked as you are. A multi-millionaire who's doing really well in his career let off some steam. <laughs> date. But presumably and he must have punched someone or been filmed taking well, well, heroin. Let's, well, let's find out. Headline is exclusive Man United shock. Rashford's 12-hour tequila party before calling in sick. <laughs> So, I mean, let's just take a moment to to cope with that. Yeah, 26-year-old went out with his friends, had a few too many drinks and called in sick. And they've really got it in for him, haven't they? I mean, I suppose this is coming off the back a bit of the Carl Walker stuff, which we discussed yesterday on Paper Cuts. And, you know, it's pages and pages of how awful it was that a 26-year-old went out and had a few drinks and maybe it's, a little bit of a hangover. There's so, there's so much to unpack in this story. They felt the need to devote pages four, five, six and seven to the concept of a guy going out with his friends. Well, I'm sure no sun journalists have ever gone out and had tequila <laughs> and had a slightly fuzzy head the next day. So. Absolutely. As a matter of pride, I assume <laughs> they had no idea. They were horrified. Uh, then the Daily Mail, their main story is Rishi goes to war over rail strikes, PM attacks unions, campaign of contempt for passengers and blast train operators failing to enforce minimum service laws. God, they're desperate to make him sound effective, aren't they? Listen, Rishi's mad and he's not taking it anymore. <laughs> you just watch out. Thomas the Tank Engine, you watch out. Rishi's got his laser focus eye on you. <laughs> he means business. And then the Daily Star, uh, an international story for them. <laughs> Proud to love animals. <laughs> Proud to love animals. Secret agent Beluga, who ditched Mad Vlad, finds his forever home with 600 pals. I mean, you might have just sort of break that one down for us a little bit. <laughs> I've read it and I still need you to break it down for me. So this is the, a story of a now cheery-faced beluga whale believed to be spying from Mad Vlad Putin is being rehomed with the 600-strong pod of pals in Norway after going AWOL. Right. Is that so, safe? Has he been deprogrammed? Are we sure that he's not a double agent? I'm worried about that's this. That's a really good point. I mean, he does look, as you say, looks smiley, but I think beluga whales always do because that's just the shape of their mouths. <laughs> yeah, that whale's got PTSD. Mm. He's, he's, he's seen things, he's done things. I don't trust him. And our headline on top of all of this? The headline is The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Hey. Now, it's Taylor Swift's world and we're just living in it. With the American presidential election coming up in November, a poll conducted for Newsweek in the US says that 18% of American voters say they're more likely or significantly more likely to vote for a candidate endorsed by our Queen Tay-Tay. That's nearly a fifth of Americans. This story is also on the front page of The Star today, of course. Gronia, what's Taylor going to do with this power? I think use it to... 
make money. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of, remember when Oprah Winfrey gave one good speech at the Golden Globes and everybody was like, she should run for president. (laughs) And you go, okay, just because it's a celebrity you like doesn't mean this isn't like profoundly depressing. (laughs) You know, celebrities shouldn't be running for high office. But it's gone so well in the past. (laughs) So, and I think, you know, Taylor Swift, she's having a moment, her tour is going well, and now she's apparently saving the future of the free world. And there are conspiracy theories that have come up about this. So uh, you have to jump a few mm. hoops for this. Now, you know, I know that I have a full panel of Taylor Swift experts today, mm-hmm. um, so we'll all know about mm-hmm. it. But just in case listeners aren't completely familiar with every step of this, the American Super Bowl is coming up, the American football kind of, I don't know. Big, End of term. Big do. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and... There's sort of conspiracy theorists fantasizing on the internet that the Super Bowl has been rigged. And the reason it's been rigged is that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, who is apparently the tight end. Apparently, that's a position that they play. <laughs> bet he is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bet he is. <laughs> For the Kansas City Chiefs, who are going to be in the Super Bowl. And various people, including uh, former presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, have been on social media saying that's rigged because <laughs> what's going to happen? is that they'll win and then somehow, I don't know what's going to happen in the middle, uh, Taylor Swift is going to endorse Joe Biden. Which I think she will do anyway because she historically has come out as a Democrat. She was very, very pressurised by her family and by her management to be apolitical for a very, very, very long time. And then in Pennsylvania, there was a woman running who was very anti-choice and very anti-gay rights. It was Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, Sorry, because she grew up in Pennsylvania, but she moved to Tennessee. So she had a connection with the place where it was happening. And she is very pro-LGBTQ plus rights and very pro-reproductive rights. So she went against her management and said, register to vote so we can try and protect the state from this woman. It didn't actually work. This woman still got elected. So sometimes I think that her power might be slightly overstated politically. What? But what I do like <laughs> is that I don't sense she's going to go into politics. I think she's going to, she will endorse Joe Biden and then she will step back. There is no suggestion that we'll be voting for President Swift. Yet. Yet. I mean, she's not about to tweet hashtag defund the police. <laughs> I wish she would. I think the difficult. So what she does get into a lot of trouble with is that she. So she said nothing about Israel Palestine. Now the the defence for that what? is sorry. Why I know, is Taylor Swift I know, supposed I, to know about Israel if, Palestine? Because if you are a twenty two year old on the internet, then yeah. every day you wake up angry that Taylor Swift promotes capitalism and hasn't spoken about peace in the Middle East. Now I would say it's not terribly sensible when you are doing an arena tour to make yourself the centre of a discussion which you do not have anything useful to contribute on. Um, I would say that it would be putting a lot of people in danger to do that. So I understand why she hasn't said anything. But she's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And before we get too excited about this story that 18% of people might vote for a swift back candidate, the same poll, Gronya, said that 17% would be less likely to vote for a Taylor Swift back candidate. So does this kind of just even out. Um, We should also say 55% of people do not give a damn who Taylor Swift endorses. But, you know, doesn't that sort of, there's any 1% difference there? It, uh, I mean, the whole thing makes me scared for Taylor because obviously what's happened is she's having this huge big moment because the era's tour because of her highly publicised relationship. She's 
getting overexposed. Mm. If even political journalists are yeah. like, how can I get this story in the newspaper? I'm going to slightly mm. connect it to Taylor Swift. We're entering Jennifer Lawrence level overexposure. And this is what's going to, this is what happened last time um, in the lead up to when she got cancelled in the Kim and Kanye drama. She got huge. Everyone loved her. And then what, this is what we do to women. We build them up and we smack mm-hmm. them down. But yes, I do think it's a bit terrifying mm-hmm. that it's being re- regarded as some kind of political apex when she's just a normal woman. Yeah. It's a bit like, so Dolly Parton is so smart in that Mm. she's like, she gives no opinions, political opinions on anything. And that's why she's so universally beloved. And Taylor Swift, she's like the next gen Dolly Parton, Mm. where I don't think she can get away with being that apolitical, but I think she's as close to that as possible. And why not? Just let her sing her songs on a guitar, wear sparkly dresses and have a (laughs) bop. Now, Kemi Badenoch has been exhorting her fellow Tories to stop messing around and get behind Rishi Sunak at a time when we know that there's various people agitating to replace him. But today, The Guardian has a story that she herself is a member of a conservative WhatsApp group called, brace yourselves, Evil Plotters. Rebecca, is this just their idea of a joke? What's happening here? I mean, I assume this is the sort of height of humour for these people. Um, <laughs> don't but... they? They're fun, okay? <laughs> they, they can relax. They don't get themselves up These seriously. are the people who cried over the first 10 minutes of the news quiz being biased. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kevin Bajanok, who was in the leadership race at one point, um, she crashed out sort of, I think, mid midway through, but was regarded to be um, a favourite within the party because she is much like Sola Braverman says mean things which people really like and she's the kind of person who'll be like ban quinoa because it makes people in North London happy and then everybody (laughs) will be like yes Kemi you're brilliant Um, no suggestion about how we might perhaps reverse global warming Um, so Kemi has absolutely said that we do not want to get rid of Rishi. We need to stop messing around. We've got to focus on this election. We're, you know, really start. We're, we're, we're pretty much in an election year, unless it's in January, but we're effectively a year out from an election at the longest. They need to stop messing around. But I would say that if I was not trying to overthrow my boss, I wouldn't be in a WhatsApp group called Overthrowing My Boss. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she does seem to have not followed that piece of logic. So I think we we all know that Rishi's not got a lot of support from within the party. I think it's quite a hard job. I always wonder in the morning when they're walking through the corridor being like, hi, you mean about me over the weekend? Hi, you had a feature where you said I was a dick. Like That must be really hard. HR at Downing Street must be exhausted. <laughs> and then last week we had Simon Clark coming out and saying that Rishi should go and there was a swirl. I was in a news channel at the time and everybody's phones were lighting up with rumours about this person's going to go, this person's going to go. And they're all so cowardly. They sit there waiting for somebody bigger than them to go and then they jump in on it. Well, I think that's the game Kemi's playing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That she basically, you've got Suella Braverman absolutely shooting her mouth off, Mm -hmm. you know, running around making all this noise. And Kemi's very much playing the game of like, no, I'm going to hold my cards closer to my chest. But they basically appeal to a similar constituency. I mean, they're both like very, very right wing. Yeah. You know, but sort of with that lovely shield of being a woman of colour and yes. therefore, you know. And, 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 and the woman bit particularly because there is this sense of we're better than Labour as a party because we've had loads of female leaders. Doesn't matter that they don't last very long or they don't do a very good job. It's mm-hmm. feminism. Also, she's got the advantage over Suella that she hasn't really done anything. So she, there's nothing to point at her failing on. There's also nothing to point at her succeeding on, really. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't been in politics for that long and that was the main concern when the leadership election was going on, that she didn't have a huge amount of experience. 
But by the time they're ready for another one, if we get through four years, four or five years, for instance, of a Labour government, I think there's a real risk, and I use the word risk advisedly, that she might be considered to have enough experience to take over, and I fear for that. Gronya, um, Britain's greatest commentator has gone in on this today in the Daily Mail, hasn't she? Oh, icon, friend of the pod, Nadine Dorries. (laughs) (laughs) I just love her. So she, I assume, was commissioned to write about Kemi Badenoch and this plotter's group. What she's managed to do is just write some really fantastic fan fiction about herself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're paying her to do this, so I have to say. Listen, who's the fool? Show me the money, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Get that back. So the headline of this piece is No wonder dark forces in the Tory party threatened me over my book and it's all coming true day by day. (sighs) (laughs) So it's all about just like dark forces that cannot handle Nadine. You just have to imagine this whole thing. Nadine is wearing like a lovely like camel coat Mm -hmm. and she's Mm -hmm. walking through the House of Westminster just like with a glass of wine being like, what's going on? (laughs) Played by Hannah Waddingham in the movie. Nice. Looking hot. Looking hot. Nice. Played by Nadine Dorries in the movie. Let's be honest with ourselves. (laughs) Might get a legal notice from Hannah Waddingham. I bloody wouldn't. Sorry, Hannah. (laughs) I think you're amazing. (laughs) I'm just going to read you a little bit because it's just incredible that uh, this is news nowadays or commentary. Okay, this is Nadine. We were sitting in a secluded nook next to an open fire. After we had finished our off-the-record interview, he ordered us white wine, took a deep draught, and as he swirled his almost empty glass until the liquid became a vortex, he looked at me and asked, why don't you stop writing now? (laughs) Well, how could she stop writing with prose like that? As a writer, that's really hurt. Like, my skin hurts. (laughs) I would also say that if you enjoyed that, Nadine is the author of a series called Nurses of Lovely Lane, which is exactly the kind of book you think it is. It's about nurses being lovely on Lovely Lane. It's challenging, it's thoughtful, it's Nobel Prize winning literature. Her publishers must love her, doesn't they? Because Mm -hmm. she goes in straight, first line is like, when I wrote my book, this is what happened. And I mean, she is selling that book. She's working it. She has the kind of confidence that you get from when you meet a girl in a smoking area who's like I just don't need him I'm I'm honestly yeah. I'm over this I don't need <laughs> yeah. it and you're like that is so nice to meet you Sue like she it's an extraordinary <laughs> level of self-belief that I wish I shared do you remember when I don't know if I remember in the noughties people kind of took Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code slightly too seriously oh yeah mm. everybody at wine parties been like oh yeah but, but could it be true I was at Catholic school and we were like we have got some questions in RE and they were like no you don't it's <laughs> <laughs> fiction <laughs> But now it's like if the Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code was an elected MP, <laughs> yeah. that is Nadine Dorries. So it's all about this, all this like cabal who are trying to take her down. Um, and she, just the details. Another key player is the ultra secretive Doogie Smith, a one-time sex party organizer. One time, he organized um, one sex party. Just like that was a nightmare. The cleanup was disgusting. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> So, yeah, just lovely Eyes Wide Shush reference. <laughs> God, can you imagine a Westminster Eyes Wide Shut? Oh, God. Oh, I'd have my eyes super glued shut. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. 
I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here at Paper Cuts, when a headline goes past, we sigh and flutter our eyelashes at it. Dad jokers everywhere, it's just as you've always hoped. We go weak at the knees of the very thought of a cheesy pun. What have you got for us today, Rebecca? Um, so I think most of us are feeling quite broke at the moment, but apparently somebody's got too much money uh, because a 285-year-old lemon has been sold for £1,400 at auction. Oh. Yeah. Mm, so seems... I can, I, mean, I can feel you're all begging me to tell you I mean, more I about this I feel like lemon. I've got a 285-year-old lemon in my fridge. <laughs> I've got a bag of salad that I buy to promise myself I'm going to eat a bag of salad. And then every week I say, goodbye, friend. And into the bin he goes. Um, so basically... The, the, the son have described it as it had only gone under the hammer for a bit of fun in um, quotation marks but it sparked a frenzied bidding war the two inch dried brown citrus fruit was found in a cabinet during a house clearance so the sellers were sorting through their uncle's possessions and they uh, found a 19th century chest this is actually quite cool I'm getting into this um, and in this chest was a lemon from 1739 and the reason they know that is because it's engraved so oh. they had done like, an, something, like it's actually quite pretty now I want it have I got 1500 quid? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and so it's engraved and it says, given by Mr. P. Lou Francini, November 4th, 1739, to Miss E. Baxter. Oh, this is quite romantic. Oh, Why did he give her a lemon? Or is, that, is that not romantic? Is, is that it a, a sexy lemon? Is it a sexy lemon or is it a sour lemon? A lemon of regard. Yeah. A breakup lemon. Yeah, it's a breakup lemon. A goodbye lemon. Yeah. Here, um, this is sour like your than, heart. <laughs> maybe this can be a thing rather than getting ghosted, you get lemon. <laughs> they send you a, a, a lemon with their engra- engraving on it. Um, so and the headline is easy peasy wallet squeezy. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's a bit, it's, it's a bit mid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. solid mid. Great I'd say. story though. Rebecca, what else have you got? So I don't know if anybody noticed, but uh, last year a film called Barbie came out. <laughs> Did it? Uh, yes, uh, it had a nice blonde woman and a man who's not normally blonde, but okay. was for the film. Sounds good. Um, yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, unlike most people, I have no strong feelings. <laughs> I thought it was good and I enjoyed it. And that was the <laughs> end of my experience. Um, but the Barbie movie helped cinema revenues top one billion for the first time since the pandemic. So I, in fairness, I think it's a joint effort between Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, but yeah, the UK screen industry grew 5.6% in 2023. And that was down to those two big blockbuster films. So that's good news because, you know, we, we all like to Yeah, cinema. yeah, support cinemas. And the headline on that is Barbie Whirl, which I think might be a pun on the song Barbie Girl. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm a Barbie Whirl in, in a, a Barbie, Barbie Whirl. World. <laughs> whirl. Bobby, well, plastic. <laughs> I mean, they tried. They yeah. tried. Gronya, what have you got for us in the star? So the Daily Star. Um, and so again, we mentioned him earlier. The beluga whale who went AWOL from Mad Vlad's army has found a new forever home. Headline is, see ya! As in... The sea. Yes. So that really is, it's more of a written down. <laughs> yeah. So when you, I say this, I want you to, um, you're assuming it's a S-E-E-Y-A-Y. Now imagine it's S-E-A-Y-Y-A. Yeah. See that's ya. great. It's great. It's great. Actually, I don't mind that one. I think that's all right. See ya. I, I think more when people defect from Russia, that's how they should defect. See ya. <laughs> And then also in the Daily Star, the creator of Thomas the Tank Engine is furious over an American reboot making big changes to the show. Headline, 
Going loco. Oh, actually, I don't mind that. That's pretty yeah, good. A little bit of a Phil Collins <laughs> nod to the show. <laughs> now, flick with me to the middle pages of the papers where all the weird stuff lurks. Welcome to the features sections. And today, the features are themed around nasty things you might encounter in the great outdoors. And let's start with the scariest it's Bigfoot. Gronya, what have boffins said now? So the Journal of Zoology in the US has said that wherever there are more black bears, there are more Bigfoot sightings. He's a bear. It's just a bear. No, I'm going to... It's gonna, a bear. I'm going to take umbrage with Journal of Zoology, a.k.a. Academy of Killjoys. <laughs> Let us live. Can we not have hope anymore? Can we not have wonder of nature? Does everything have to be ruined? Um, yeah, so they're saying, basically, read between the lines, Bigfoots are just body-positive black bears, <laughs> possibly. Uh, so if it stands on its back legs, it's just big, like Bigfoot. It's a bear. Listen, okay, let's continue. Footage emerged <laughs> in October of a Sasquatch-like creature walking alongside train tracks in Colorado, Okay, now it says here it was blatantly a person in costume, but do we know this? <laughs> I mean, it really was. <laughs> if you watch it, it's totally a dude in a suit. So, Mind you, I think that about pandas, so I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> so maybe I'm not the ultimate authority on this. Okay, from something that doesn't happen in the great outdoors to something that definitely does. And probably most of us have been on a country walk where we've heard the call of nature and have gone for a little pee behind a tree. But The Guardian has a feature about how Decorum Borough Council in Hertfordshire is having none of this. Rebecca, what do we know? Um, so you can't do anything anymore. You can't, <laughs> you, you can't vape. You definitely can't vape while walking your XL bully. And now you can't just have a nice outdoor alfresco slash. While you are vaping um, and walking While you are vaping bully. and working your XL bully. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no joy left in this world. Um, but decorum, which is quite a funny, because it's like decorum. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're quite a fancy council. Normally should have determinism at work there. In Hertfordshire has said no no more wee-wees. Uh, well, no, sorry, people can wee, they just can't wee publicly. Um, so at least two cases exist now of men being handed 88 knee pound fines for littering. I, littering, littering littering feels like it's not it's not is it I think you have to go to a doctor if it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger issues there's a Chris packet coming out you need yeah. to see someone um, but yeah they head up for having a wild wee so council enforcers are apparently hanging out in laybys looking for men to find now I like to hear that it's only men that does seem more fair I mean because um, you know we do though I mean women can also we in a lay bar. Yeah, we can do anything we want. Yeah. We can. Don't tell us what we can't do. You I've just definitely, sort of I've had so many wees in lay bars. Yeah. <laughs> here's the trick. This is the trick. It's the word you use. So men go for a slash. Mm -hmm. Women, we go for fairy wees. Yeah. <laughs> you just a go for a, a little drop and squash. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I've a little drop and squash. Can you do one and then take the stand? Because I would really like to hear you telling a judge it was not a slash, it was not a piss, it was a drop and squash, a little fairy tinkle. Yeah. Your Honour, I submit to you that she was pissing like a racehorse. <laughs> take her down. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rebecca Reed. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Gronny McGuire. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> Join us in the Paper Cuts Supporters Club. Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions with even more funny bits, plus Paper Cuts t-shirts and mugs. Head over to back.papercutsshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when boffins have photographed a baby great white shark for the first time. All together now. Baby shark. <laughs> do, 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 do. Baby. Oh, no. <laughs> That's your day ruined. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Paper Cuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Rebecca Reed and Gronya Maguire. The producer was Liam Tate with assistant production by Adam Wright. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams. Socials were by Jess Harpin, Kieran Leslie and Mike Bowen. The group editor was Andrew Harrison, the managing editor was Jacob Jarvis and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Popmasters production. <laughs>